This is The Bittersweet Life, a show for expats, former expats, travel lovers, and people who dream about moving far away someday. I'm Katie Sewell, a recent repatriate to Seattle in the United States after a year in Rome. My co-host is Tiffany Parks, an expat who spent the last 10 years in Rome. If you're new to the show, I encourage you to join us for the whole journey by beginning with episode one. If you're really interested in today's theme, however, back up to the beginning afterwards. Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Here we go. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. And today, Tiffany has bureaucracy on her mind. So we're going to talk about it. It's probably not the most interesting of subjects, but I think anyone who's lived in a Southern European country has got to be able to relate to the kind of crazy bureaucracy that, that we have in Italy. It is getting to the point that it's almost funny. Like in the same way that you laugh when you're so sad that you can't cry anymore. <laughs> it's that kind of funny. I cannot believe this. It, it cannot be. So this is all coming because right now I am in the process. Actually, I've just finished applying for my maternity leave. Now, we talked a little bit about Italian maternity leave, I think, in episode babies. So I don't want to sit here and act like, oh, you know, poor me, I have to fill out this paperwork, because the maternity leave that Italy offers is pretty, pretty amazing. So I don't want to complain. I don't want it to sound like I'm complaining about that regard. However, however, this country, I swear, there are people out there, I think, whose job is to, like, figure out the hardest way to do something. <laughs> Great. It's got, there's no other explanation for it. It's ridiculous. What hoops are they making you jump through? Well, this is the thing. Like, I heard that you can apply for it online. So I'm thinking, this is fantastic. If you've been to, I mean, you have. I'm sure you remember doing this kind of thing when you were first in Rome. You have to go to some of those government offices and you have to get a number and you have to wait for ungodly amounts of time. And then you get up there and they're like, oh, you don't have the right document. Or you get up there and they're like, oh, okay, now you need to take this document and you need to go to this other office all the way across town. But you get there and it's closed because it's lunchtime or because it's the third Thursday of the month. You know, I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. So I thought, oh my gosh, this is great. I can apply for this thing online. I go to the site and thank God I did it about 10 days before all my paperwork was due. Because I go to the site and they're like, okay, you need a special pin to access, it's called IMPS, I-N-P-S. This is the name of the government office that deals with pensions and taxes and payouts to people for certain things like maternity leave or disability, things like that. You need a special pin to be able to access or do anything online. And you have to request this pin. And half of the pin they're going to send you on your iPhone, on your cell phone. And the other half they're going to send you by mail to your house. So already this, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. Thank God, I mean, it was a miracle. It shows up about five days later in the mail. So I have my full pin. I put in the pin and they tell me, okay, you need to change your pin. So I change it. Okay, I have a new pin. I'm like, fantastic, let's do this. No, 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 no. You need to convert your pin 
into another type of pin. I don't even understand it. Don't ask me. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, how do I do this? And let me tell you, the process of converting the pin into a fancy pin, I don't know what to call it. <laughs> I call it a pin dispositivo. Don't ask me what that means. It involved, and I can't even really remember anymore because I've blocked it out, but it definitely <laughs> involved filling out this form, printing it out, signing it, scanning it, uploading it onto my computer, which of course I don't have a scanner. My scanner's broken, so luckily I could use my phone. And then sending that with a bunch of other documents, but it had to be in one document. So here my husband and I are desperately on the computer. You know, neither of us are super computer geniuses, far from it. And so we're trying to figure out how to take these three different PDFs and merge them into one PDF because otherwise they won't upload. I mean, it took a, I mean, it was, I remember it was a Saturday night and we were sitting there and we were like, this is a fantastic Saturday night. You know, <laughs> we should have just gone to the office. It would have been faster. Yeah. All for a pin. All for a pin. We hadn't even gotten to like the actual process <laughs> of requesting maternity leave yet. So basically, we finally get everything sent in. Okay, we'll notify you when it's accepted. <laughs> you have got to be kidding me. So finally, I did get an email a couple days later. Everything was fine. And that my pin was now a, a pin dispositivo, whatever that means. And so we were able to start the process. And the process itself was just as complicated and involved uploading things and getting a letter from my boss and getting a letter from my doctor and getting a separate letter from my doctor that said a different thing and kind of a nightmare. In total, how many steps would you say? How many steps? Well, at least 20 steps or more. I don't know, but a lot. To the point that I really think it might have been easier just to do it in person. However, if you'd done it in person, more likely they would have said, but you needed a letter from your doctor and from your employer. No, 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 no I still would have needed all of that. That I still, I mean, that you, you need. No, but what I mean is there would have been something missing. There would have been, yeah, I'm sure there would have been something missing or it would have definitely involved a long wait in an office. A long wait in an office while I'm reading a book is preferable to spending my Saturday night on the computer, like tearing out my hair, trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do. That was my most recent bureaucratical experience. I'm also in the process of getting Italian citizenship, which is a whole other nightmare. I'm not even going to go there because th we don't have enough time on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say that there's something culturally about Italy, why the bureaucracy would be so difficult? I mean, bureaucracy is hard everywhere. But why is it so complicated? It is definitely is something in the culture. What exactly is the root of it? I don't know if I could say, but it's something that's been going on for hundreds of years. It's not a new thing. I think there are more government jobs in Italy than in most countries. And I think the reason there are so many is because everybody's nephew needs a job, you know? Yes. And at one point or another, a job was created for somebody's nephew and somebody else's nephew. The word nepotism in, in, in English comes from the Italian word for nephew, nipote. It was originated because the, the, the Pope would give uh, incredible amounts of power to his nephews because he didn't have his own sons, so it would always be his nephew. So that's where the, that phrase comes from. It's still alive and well today. And it's either you know your son or your daughter, or your nephew or your cousin or your best friend's daughter. It's always something like that. And it's the same in government. I mean as far as high up in government, not just in bureaucracy, but in, in politics. There are something like 900 plus parliamentary positions in Italy, which is more than the United States. But if you look at the actual number of 
citizens or pop, the number of population in the United States, it's huge compared to Italy. Yet Italy has still the same amount of representatives. It's, it doesn't make any sense. That's, I think, one of the reasons there's so many jobs. And I think that causes more, just more work, more busy work. You know, they need something to do. So I don't know. But it is so much a part of the culture. And I see it in my husband and my father-in-law. And both of them are incredibly organized. There's a word in Italian for it, pignolo. I don't know what the actual translation would, for that would be. But it's something like nitpicky. Attention to detail would be the nice way to say it. Yeah, but extreme, extreme attention. It's the kind of thing where, like, I was filling out... No one's going to believe this. I was filling out... um, It's not enough to just do your maternity leave request online. After you've done it, you have to send in all the originals by mail. Return receipt requested, of course. Oh, yes. I was filling out the little thing that gets sent back to you, and I wrote the name of our street, and there's an I... And I wrote on all caps, you know, so it would be extra clear. And there was an I at the end of one of the words. And I wrote it slightly crooked. The I was just slightly crooked. I mean, it wasn't, it was fine, but it was just ever so slightly crooked. And Claudio was like, you, why did you write the I crooked? The, all of the other letters are straight. Why did you write the I crooked? Well, why did you? I didn't mean to. It just happened. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't care. <laughs> but honestly, he almost wanted me to rewrite it. It's not because he's, I mean, he is a little bit paranoid. It's true. But it's for a reason. This country teaches you. If you write something a little bit wrong and they can find a way to reject it, they will. So when you grow up with this mentality, you learn you have to do everything perfectly. He has taught me, and now I'm like this, every time you send anything, you make a photocopy of it, you write on top, I sent this on this date, and you have it there. Every time you talk to a person, like your electricity bill comes, but you've already paid it. And so you have to call the electric company and say, listen, we already paid this bill, what's going on? Afterwards, when you get off the phone, you write down at 2 34 p.m. on the 5th of December, I talked to this person at this phone number, and this is what I said, and this is what they said, because you need to have this kind of proof. Otherwise, who knows what's going to happen? When I was going through the beginning of the process of requesting citizenship, sending documents back and forth, and apostilling, and this and that, and back, and uh, it's endless. I started to get to the point where I almost, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I was almost starting to enjoy it. Like, it gave me a sense of accomplishment, get these boxes checked and get these things done. So when I see his dad, and you know, every time I go over to his, his, his parents' house, his dad has the, the whole dining room table is covered in papers. You know, who, who knows what it all is? But it's never-ending, and I've realized that it's never-ending. And if you live in Italy, and I'm sure there are a few other countries where it's like this, you have to accept that you are going to be dealing with bureaucracy for the rest of your life, that it will never end. So you best enjoy it. Yeah, you better find a way to uh, to have it be <laughs> oh, enjoyable, gosh. It looks like Claudio behind you is making a salad of some kind. Oh, I have no idea what he's up to back there. Maybe I'm wrong. A sal- I would cooking. doubt a salad, because since I'm pregnant, it's difficult to eat salad, because it has to be washed in a special way with special solutions. So um, I'm not sure what he's up to back there. Probably something vegetable-y, though. Yeah, very nice. I mean, I remember when you came here, you were like, how is it that we haven't gotten all of our bureaucracy done in one day? And I was like laughing at you. Yeah, we were very ambitious. I think we talked about that in the podcast. The permiso that 
Derek eventually did get after all the steps, I don't think we'll ever throw it away. <laughs> it's not like it, we need it anymore. No, but, but it just it, took it so much so to much. get it. Yeah, it costs so much. And it was pretty when we finally got it. It's got some nice holographic images on it. It's a pretty <laughs> good picture of him. <laughs> it felt like we'd really gone on a journey to get this little piece of plastic that's like the size of a driver's license. And we should frame it and put it on the wall and point to it and say, we did that. He did that more than me. I didn't know what was going on. If I had had to try to communicate, I don't know how people who don't speak the language do it. I really don't. I don't either. I can't say it's nothing like that in the United States, but it's been interesting because since we got back, when we first got back, we were living like, I guess what they would say is below the federal poverty level. And now that we have Obamacare, where everybody has to have health insurance of some kind, we qualified for what's called Apple Care in Washington State, which is basically like completely subsidized health insurance. Almost everything is free, which is great. Amazing. But you never know what to expect. Is it going to be decent health care? When I go see the dentist, is it going to be the most horrifying experience that you can imagine? Or is it going to be good? And it's been interesting because it's actually been a very positive experience overall. What I have learned is that if you are poor, you're going to spend a lot of time waiting on hold. And that's just something you need to expect. Or strange things are going to happen like you can go see a dentist for free, but you have to go twice in something that would normally be one appointment. You do one appointment where they look at your teeth and they maybe do an x-ray, but you can't get a cleaning. So you have to go back for the cleaning like a couple months later whenever you can get your appointment. So it's a little bit more complicated, but in general... Maybe it's because I was in Italy. I don't know. But in general, it's been so surprisingly great. The people have been trained to treat you with a lot of respect. There's a lot of dignity in it now. I guess I always assumed that you would be the bottom of the barrel. And so, of course, you were going to have to just jump through hoops and nobody was really going to care what happened to you. But I found that to not be the case at all, which has been really cool. That's good to hear. I mean, I have always defended the Italian healthcare system, which is a socialized healthcare system. I've always defended it, and I still do defend it. I think it's better than the alternative. But I have to say that going through this pregnancy has really opened my eyes to how things work in Italy, and I'm not making any comments as to how Obamacare works. I have no experience with it because I haven't lived in, Italy, in the U.S. for so many years. But how it works here, and I know there are other countries that have socialized medicine that do things a lot better. But in Italy, I have not had a single public doctor's appointment since I've been pregnant. It has all been private, and it has all been paid. So that means it doesn't exist as far as something that's free for everyone. It exists. It exists. But if you call, if you are four months pregnant and your doctor says, okay, you need a ultrasound for your fifth month. There's a very important ultrasound that you get in your fifth month where they check to make sure that the baby is developing properly and that his organs are all there and all of that kind of stuff. Very important appointment. Technically, you can get that appointment for free. It is technically free for all pregnant women. But they will not be able to give you an appointment until probably after your due date. The idea is good. You pay into it, you know, with your taxes. <clears throat> but at the end of the day, if you have an emergency or if you are, you know, have a situation where you're pregnant, where time is of the essence and you need to have your appointments at a certain time, 
it doesn't work out. Mm. The only thing you can do is either if you know somebody who works in a hospital, they can help you out. Nepotism, again, is the same thing. They can find a way, talk to somebody, find a way to get you an appointment. Or the other option is, if you don't want to pay, is that um, you can get your doctor. I mean, not all doctors will agree, but I think a lot of them do. You can get your doctor to say that you have a, an at-risk pregnancy. You will pass ahead of everyone else in line, and you will get to have your appointments before everyone else. The problem with this is that if you really don't have an at-risk pregnancy, you are p potentially going in front of people who really are at risk and who really do need that extra assistance and that extra attention. And also, if you have an at-risk pregnancy, you don't have to work for the rest of your pregnancy. And a lot of people, I don't know how, I really don't know how they do it because, I mean, I think about me and my appointments with my doctor and I feel like if I were to try to manipulate him into declaring my pregnancy at risk, he would be so on to me and he would know what I was doing and I would be so embarrassed. Like, I could never do it. I don't have the face to do it. You need a shadier doctor is what you need. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> the truth is, I don't really think it's, I don't think it's right uh, and I think it's taking advantage of the system, so I wouldn't do it anyway. Also, I would not put that kind of bad luck on my baby's head, to be honest. But people do it, a lot of people do it here. I do think it's wrong, but on the other so on the other hand, when you see how the system works, it makes sense why people do it. Mm -hmm. It's not an excuse. But in so many things in Italy are like that. You see why people don't pay taxes because you can't survive if you pay all the taxes that you owe because you, you just you literally can't can't survive. It's it's excessive. So you understand why people evade. It doesn't make doesn't mean it's right that they evade. You know, it's it's kind of like a vicious circle. And so mm -hmm. but I've been really sort of disillusioned by the Italian healthcare since I've been pregnant because, you know, we've had to pay out of pocket for everything. And it's not as expensive as it would have been to pay out of pocket in the US because generally appointments are cheaper. But still, it's a lot of money. We have spent an incredible amount of money. And you probably expected it all to be free. I did. And naively, I thought the majority of it would be free. And almost nothing has been free. I've gotten a few blood tests for free, but that's about it. I mean, there are people who are really incredibly low income, and they, I'm sure, are taken care of in some way, I believe. But people who are, like, let's say, middle to lower middle class who really don't, I mean, I'm not saying that we have the money to, to pay all these bills, but we're, we're finding it, we're making a way. But there are people who really cannot find that extra money, that extra whatever it is, 200 euros a month. I really wonder what they do. And I, and I have to think that a lot of people just don't have the appointments that they need. And that's a shame. It's a really sad thing that people are putting their health at risk and their child's health at risk because the, the health system is failing them. So when it comes back to the bureaucracy of you getting your maternity leave, mm -hmm. has it succeeded or are you still in the process? Well, or do you have it? Is it granted? Well, it's been, I mean, I haven't started it yet. So technically it should be. I mean, all of the stuff has been sent in. If we did something wrong, they'll let us know. But it's obligatory. Maternity leave here is obligatory. So I couldn't work at nine months pregnant if I wanted to. So one way or another, it will work out. So in some ways, they make you go through a huge bureaucratic process for something that's a guarantee anyway. I know, it's really strange. You have to send it in by the end of your seventh month. You have to send it in by this particular day. And I called a couple times to talk to a human about it. 
what if, you know, my paperwork doesn't get in on time? Is You know, I sent it in online, but I don't know if the mail system will get it in on time. And they're like, don't worry, don't worry, you'll be fine. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. Yeah. You're going to get it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's sort of the same with your citizenship, isn't it? I mean, you're now a married to an Italian citizen. They've got to let it go through, right? It's just a matter of time, though. That's the thing. It's a matter of time. Actually, today... It is exactly two years since I had my citizenship appointment. Oh. And they are supposed to give you citizenship within two years of your appointment. Either give it to you or deny it. Like if, let's say, you have a terrible criminal record in your home country. They can deny it. But So they failed it's you. It's been two years. So they failed. <laughs> they failed. Officially, they failed. Great. Uh, sounds like you have some phone calls to make. <laughs> uh, if they would help, I would do that. But I, I don't think it will help. I think I'm just going to wait and assume that it will all work out it probably will well we should leave it there we should leave it there that's a perfect ending spot (laughs) it's a perfect example you should be a citizen by now but you're not but i'm not (laughs) (laughs) anyway okay good well i'm glad i guess that's one good reason to be back in the united states yeah if you're ever think starting to to think to be nostalgic for italy just think about the bureaucracy and you won't want to be here. The bureaucracy mixed with the incredibly hot weather in non-air-conditioned government buildings. Mm-hmm. And people who don't like working very much. Sorry, but it's true. The shoe fits. All right. Well, we'll leave it there. And until next time, this is the bittersweet life. The bitter, bitter sweet life for <laughs> Tiffany. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Talk to you soon. Bye. We welcome your questions and your feedback. Reach the show by emailing bittersweetlife at mail.com. That's bittersweetlife at mail.com.